Welcome to Who Analyzed Roger Rabbit, the podcast where we dissect who framed Roger Rabbit with special guest Jason Schwartz. You heard that right. This is Who Analyzed Roger Rabbit. I am, again, for the 38th time, Chris Blair, and for around that amount of times, this is Annie McMullen. Hello. And joining us again, one of the greatest improvisers ever, give it up for Jason Schatz at home. Hello, Hello, everybody. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah, great to have you back, Jason. My pleasure. Another question we're asking a lot of guests is, have you ever been to the Roger Rabbit ride that is at Disneyland? I have not. I have not. What, what, uh, uh, can, you, can you tell me something about it? Is it still going? Is it still It, it still, still exists. It's wow. Still, yeah, it's still going strong. It's a very weird ride. Hmm. I've heard a lot of people on here who are into this sort of thing. We've had some people who are like into the Disney thing, into rides and stuff. Um, I am a, I'm a, an amateur, you know, who's just been there. And to me, it's like, um, it's kind of like less exhilarating teacups, mm. but also the people who made it are on drugs. Okay. Not so description. Not that the teacups weren't on drugs. I mean, but but like different drugs. Sure, but it's not a it's not an experience. It's not like you go through a ride and there's sections. There's like it's just like one thing. No, 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 no. So it is sections. You go through like uh, it's like a it's like you it's like a walk through tour, but you're in a weird little car that kind of spins. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. 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 It's like a museum. But with psychedelics. All right, that's a good and, way to describe. And the museum part of it—are you seeing things from the movie? Kind of. Yeah, but in like a very low budget way. Mm. See, like cardboard vague. cutout kind of. Mm. Yeah. Right. Well, so okay, doesn't sound that great. No, it's not. <laughs> and I, in my, I'm, I've never been to Disneyland, but my my impression is that it's very small, and you, there's not a lot of room there. Disneyland? Yeah. Well, I've been to Disney World. Well, oh, compared to Disney World, it's... Disney World, it's all spread out. They, it's, it's the middle of Florida. They can just keep adding on forever, and there's right. zoos and shit. It just goes on for miles. But Disneyland, when you look at it on a map, it's like, it's like you know, four blocks. It's not huge. <laughs> I mean, they really get you to walk, though. Like, it right? feels far. Well, they're, they're really... That's, I guess my point is, it feels like they're using every square inch. So why would you use up space on a ride that's like, eh, it's fine. I, I went relatively recently because I hadn't been in, you know, a billion years. Uh, and I went like right before the pandemic as an adult with no kids, which was fun because you, you can really, you know, get stuff done. Mm-hmm. And um, I, uh, I walked like 12 miles a day, like a lot. And Not exercise. You know, yeah. I mean, say wear the stupid watch that just tells me I need to, you know. I'm doing everything wrong. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it, yeah, it was going ape shit that day. It was like, I don't know, like 40,000 steps or something crazy. It's, oh, a, nice. it's, a, it's a lot for, yeah. I don't know, it's big enough. And it's not in Florida, which for yeah. me is a... It's a bonus. It's a bonus. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And, uh, 
Uh, speaking of uh, the teacups, I believe uh, with some friends, I broke a record at Disneyland. We rode the teacups 23 times in a row without getting <laughs> off. Who authorized that? Like, like, isn't there a line? It was late at night, so there was no line, and the, oh. and the operator let us keep riding over. And after we did it a couple times, then we just committed to the bit and rode it <laughs> until wow. the park closed. Wow. Good. Good. All right. you. Yeah. So, uh, not recommended. Yeah. But, no. if it, but if anyone wants to try to beat that record... Come at me. Yeah. Was it, did you get dizzy or was it just boring? It got incredibly dizzy and <laughs> nauseating every single time. Yeah. But was it yeah. also boring? Uh, no, well, it was good company, so it was not okay. boring. We were, we were laughing a lot on it. Um, and good. the reaction from the ride operator uh, made it even better. Uh, yeah. The incredulity coming. I was going to say, it sounds like when I went to the movie theater to watch Cats. Because it was upsetting and weird, mm. but at the same time, unfascinating, which mm. is really hard to do. You know, it's sure. hard to make something that is that bizarre sure. and um, terrible and also boring. Yeah. I, I had a small window in my life where I enjoyed rides. <laughs> what, small window what when what when was the window probably you know uh i would say like you know probably 16 to 20 22 okay, okay around that age probably where it was like oh we're going to amusement park okay i'll go and we'll get on the roller coaster or whatever and when i was young i found them terrifying and i would like get sick and now that i'm older i i'm i'm six three and i get hurt on them <laughs> Oh, no. I'm an old man who like there'll be a turn and then I'll get off the ride and like I'll just feel like my neck will be like oh my god I did I did one ride we were just we were, we were, we were like, that's not long ago my girlfriend and I went someplace I think it was Six Flags one of the Six Flags uh, um, and we went on one of the indoor rides it was like the, the, the second ride we went on the whole day and it was like indoor and you couldn't see where you were like almost like a space mountain at one point the ride just like turned a hard left and I just felt my whole body go Wah! and like you could, I could hear my neck crack. I was like, "Well, there's my day. There's my whole day." <laughs> like, I just it shouldn't have. I'm too. I'm too tall. It should have. They put all those two. You, you have to be this tall. I think there should be a, a limit. Like, if you're this tall, don't get on this thing. Yeah, because you're gonna get hurt. It's yep. gonna be a disaster if you get. Mm -hmm. So, are you more scared of them now than when before you were 16? I'm scared of getting injured. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So yes. it's a very very grounded fear. Yeah. I will say that, like, I, it, it takes a lot for me to want to go to an amusement park. Like, the idea of, like, going to Six Flags or something, I'm like, I'm, I'm good. It's probably hot. And the walking outside right. with, like, uh, Gen Pop is mm -hmm. not my idea of a great mm -hmm. time. Sure. Um, but Disneyland is different because I feel like if you like, like, movies and mm -hmm. stuff and mm -hmm. just, like, immersive um worlds it's there's a lot of that right where it's not so much really about the i think the rides are as far as rides go if you're into i don't know if you're like a roller coaster person that's a that's a type of person right a roller mm -hmm. coaster people yeah um uh disneyland's not it's not that you sure. know it's sure. more like like the the new star wars thing is really cool and i'm not even really that big of a star wars fan but it's yeah. like it feels like you're there. And yeah, that's pretty cool. I've heard that one's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I went. With, I went to Universal probably about a year ago. Some, a friend of mine came into town with her kids, 
So that was something she wanted to do. And I was like, this is fun because there's kids with us. Yeah. <laughs> that's your, that's your excuse. The, yeah. Like a, kids. It's like a beard for, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I just mean, I don't know if I would have enjoyed just going mm. my, but seeing kids reacting to it yeah. made it fun. Like I they were enjoying that, themselves. I wasn't that hyped about Universal Studios. The, the, um, not to bring up my favorite subject again, Chris Pratt, but, um, <laughs> mm. the Guardians of the Galaxy ride is also really good. Oh, the old, cool. uh, Tower of Terror thing that you drop, but they reskinned it and Guardians because, you know, everything's got to be some kind of like branded thing. Uh, yeah. And they've just done it. It's just, it's very good. Very it's cool. like being in the, you know, on wow. the set. So you enjoy a Chris Pratt experience. Though. Well, he wasn't there. He wasn't really involved at all. The raccoon plays a big, a uh, big part of it. But uh, if I can honestly say that if it was uh, Chris Pratt heavy, uh, I would not enjoy it. I would be angry and I wouldn't. <laughs> he must, he must show up at some point. Yeah, I think he does. I think, gotcha. he, I think he makes an he appearance. Not in a memorable way, or maybe mm. it was before um, you, you hated the him. fires of my hatred had fully ignited. Mm. Fair. Mm. Which, it, you know, in fairness to Chris Pratt, it's less about him and more about the, the, uh, the industry that continues to cast him in things he absolutely should not be cast in. You know, if they just want to keep making him Andy over and over again, go for it. Sure. You know, but he is not Mario and mm, he is yeah. not Garfield. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I do have some good news. Chris Pratt is not in this movie. <laughs> and we're here with Minute 38, which begins with Eddie settling onto his pillow and ends with him pulling on Roger as Roger explains his life purpose. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is the moment where uh, we get to see Eddie turn over and we get that big surprise. He's in bed with Roger Rabbit. Mm -hmm. Another visual pun here because they're odd bedfellows and they're getting oh. into bed together mm. and like totally unnecessary to the plot, right? Like, this is absolutely only there for the physical and like punniness of it all. And I am obsessed with it. Nice. Yes. Nice. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's a, it's a, I feel like, you know, you've done 38 of these, right? <laughs> this one, yep. this, this minute to me feels like a pretty big minute in the movie. You know, these two, Finally getting alone for a minute? That's huge. <laughs> huge. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's the comedy duo of the movie, and this is the, the first time where they, we enter into that dynamic, because the mm -hmm. only other time we see them is uh, when, they're, when they're telling uh, Roger about his wife, and they're not. They're, Roger's in a very different headspace at that time. Right. Is it, is it a meet cute if, if they've already met but it was very like transactional previously, and now this is the the moment of the spark. Like, what's that called? What's the what's the term for for you know like okay, they know each other, but all of a sudden the context changes. Hmm. Oh, I don't know if there is a term. Um, the it, like uh, a like a meeting again for the first time. Cute <laughs> meeting again for the first time. Cute. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, getting into bed with Roger Rabbit, cute, cute, cute. Oh yeah, the term should be. It, we maybe we should just coin it. Uh, 
in you know with Roger Rabbit terms, like to ha- like jump the shark, right? Or you know, something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Get into bed with Roger Rabbit. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's official. Lock it in. Put it on mm-hmm. Urban Dictionary. Mm-hmm. Final answer. <laughs> Uh, we uh, uh, that moment where they scream too is is great because Roger really doesn't have any reason to also scream. He knows that he's getting into Eddie's bed, but it is the perfect reaction. Right, he's only screaming for comedic purposes. Absolutely, watching him even I think as they struggle with each other, it's like Roger's screaming sometimes and not screaming other times. <laughs> he's only doing it when it's funny. Yes. Yeah, and uh, immediately gets out of bed, jumps onto the bed, and um, talks about how he got in through the mail slot. Is that because he's a cartoon, or is that because rabbits and rodents can contort their bodies? Mm. Both? I would assume both, but I would assume most tunes can probably fit through mail slots. Mm-hmm. Unless they're really, really big. Well, I mean, I think unless it's funny, unless it's not funny. That's true. Right? Like, true. Uh, if it was a really, really big tune, it's funnier if they can't squeeze yeah. into the mail slot. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, I like this moment when uh, Eddie is, because Eddie, Eddie, you know, we've talked about Eddie has tune-like qualities, right? Of occasionally, he can't he cannot not make a crack comment like he he has to in doesn't matter how appropriate the situation inappropriate the situation is like he has to just like you know pop off all the time and mm-hmm. so he he says to uh roger like i could get in trouble for aiding and abetting you know just by you being here or whatever and he, he absolutely means that as like a, a joke but then it it like occurs to him like oh no i'm i'm right and, he, mm-hmm. and then he reacts Wait a, a moment second. later a yeah, yeah and i i love that mm-hmm. i also mm-hmm. really like in this scene you can see them you know we, we we love the murphy bed and and all that it does here but um he has a lot of photos and it's like you know we know on some level he's sentimental but he has this kind of like brutish rough exterior and that's like his you know public persona but then like you pull down his murphy bed and he's got all these like you know family pictures in Mm -hmm. there it's or whatever they are you can't see what they are but um or at least i can't uh and it's just a little peek into that like soft eddy sentimental side that's very like that's been broken and and missing and i think it's very it's Mm -hmm. a sweet little um detail well, you can't see the pictures. They could be something really appropriate. <laughs> They're just butts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Eddie's wall of butts. That's one thing we know about Eddie. Is he mm-hmm. always likes to have butts on his wall. Mm-hmm. Um, that moment where Roger's just jumping on the bed, too, and Eddie is reacting to that. Uh, really subtle acting by Bob Hoskins, but that's got to be a cool moment there, too, just reacting to a rabbit that is not there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Bob's mime work is on full display this mm-hmm. minute. I mean, this is one of the most physical, you know, I'm pretending to interact with something that's right? not there minutes. You know, yeah. like, how do you do it? Yeah. I think I read somewhere a while back when we were, when I saw this one before, that he, he, I think he admitted after the fact that he kind of like had a bit of a mental breakdown making this movie. Like, 
just spending so much time not like acting around no one, I think messed with his head. Like, yeah, it's got he, he had to take a break after this movie was done because he started to go a little crazy. This is his Joker. This yeah, time. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Especially just having to be annoyed and having like emotional reactions to to this thing that's not there has got to be extra tough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, dude! Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever had to uh, do a improv scene where uh, by yourself, where you had to react to someone that wasn't there before? Probably. I can't. I can't think of a time when it's happened, but I'm sure that it's it's happened. I'm always blown away when I see people do a really well done one person improv show. It's it's mind yeah. blowing. Yeah, it's, me too. The fact that they know. can just play off of themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't. I don't think I could do that. I mean, I could. I could monologue, right? Like I could pretend I'm a person and just like you know, whatever for a while. But I I couldn't put on any kind of like a cohesive like narrative or like make something happen and remember everything yeah you know remember everything i would there's no way i could do it i could do that on my own oh my god yeah that's a that's a tall order right i like this list that roger goes through of all the people that he asked Mm -hmm. before uh before he got there um this might be a me thing but i had no idea what a green grocer was before i had to look what up I just uh, thought it was the produce guy. Well, kind of. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, not, it's not not the produce guy. Right, but I thought that was just, just the title of the person. <laughs> oh, oh, you thought it was the person, not the shop. Oh, oh, so the green grocer, a green grocer is a, sh- is a location and not an individual. I think they're sort of interchangeable colloquially. Right, like the butcher, like I went over to the butcher, you could be talking about the shop or you could be talking about, I went over to the butcher, the, the, the guy. I mean, I, I, I appreciate that the, the kicker is the liquor store. Like that's, that's maybe that's, that's that's so good. He went to them last, you know, he wouldn't have been able to do the long list of everybody who didn't know and then did the liquor store guy if he went to the liquor store guy first. So if he would have have put put another weird one in the list, it wouldn't have, the liquor store wouldn't have landed as hard. Mm -hmm. But if he couldn't, if he couldn't have gone to the liquor store, what, what's the, like, what's the other thing that's funny? Mm -hmm. What's the other funny choice? I mean, for this movie, right? Uh, I think, um, my vote is, uh, the bill collector. Mm. Mm. Right. Mm. 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 The butt picture salesman. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. Sure. Perfect. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Opium den. <laughs> <laughs> right. This is even a darker turn for Eddie. Now. Oh, oh, the reverse of this is like, um, the, did he say barber? Oh, barber would be a funny, he didn't know where you were. Oh, because mm-hmm. he's you know he's yeah. balding, yeah. or you know something about there's a maybe a short joke in there too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Eddie Eddie throws Roger out of his house. He gets fed up. I think this is also part of just Roger busting him about uh, the the drinking thing. That seems to get Eddie especially riled up, and uh, he just attempts to throw him out of his apartment while Roger begs for him not to. 
it's a uh, it's a real rabbit season, duck season thing here because mm. when uh, Eddie's pushing on Roger, Roger's trying to Roger's trying to keep from being pushed out, but then when Eddie's pulling on Roger, he's grabbing onto the door to avoid being pulled away from it. Right. It's a real it's a real lesson in tune elasticity and mm-hmm. physics. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. <laughs> How strong is Roger? That he's just Very. like you can't move me. You're not going to be able to move me. I mean, you can you can throw me around, but in terms of trying to push me out the door, it's not going to happen. No, mm-hmm. he's you like, know? have you seen how many refrigerators I've had dropped on my yeah. head? Because it's a lot, yeah. and he can <laughs> lift that refrigerator off of his own head. So he's mm-hmm. very strong. Yeah, maybe that's what Jessica sees in him. <laughs> you think it's his strength? I don't know what it is. It's his, uh, it's his core. He's got a solid core. <laughs> I do think, like you know, I. I love this movie. I it's a fantastic movie. It is for a movie that was made in 1988, largely unproblematic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it holds up. Like it, there, you know, I don't want to um, harp on the bad stuff, right? But like mm-hmm. it, it does have some like lately misogynist uh, themes, mm-hmm. and uh, as all movies do, even today. So you know, I think we're in safe territory there. But he. It is very much this trope of like, oh, we just want the nice guy. Like, they don't have to bring anything else to the table, even though I'm the most attractive woman in the world. Um, You know, as long as they're nice, even if they're completely obnoxious, an actual rabbit, uh, like, you know, like there's nothing else he brings to the table. And this minute, he is very clearly really annoying. but, you know, Annie, I think you are uh, trying to assume what a cartoon would find attractive in a cartoon rabbit. That is true. That is true. And but I'm I, I, thrown by the fact that Jessica's so, like, to me, she's presented very much as just like a human who happens to be drawn. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. Betty, Betty Boop's super into Roger, too. I mean, there's something about him that is just massively attractive we're always like you know what i want i want a really skinny <laughs> a really skinny guy in red overalls mm-hmm. with a tuft of orange hair mm-hmm. who's obnoxious and with has this... a screechy children's voice <laughs> but he's got the strongest core that you have <laughs> ever seen elbows <laughs> of steel mm-hmm. yeah We've got to have like a really skinny listener with orange hair and a strong core, and if just uh, one tuft out there, yeah, just one, one tuft. tuft. One tuft. Mm-hmm. The li- we're waiting for you, sir. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, Jason, this is something we've talked about a few times. Do you personally find Roger Rabbit to be annoying? That is a good question. Um, uh, I think there is something. I think. Oh, how do I say this? There's something about watching it uh, years later where there's a part of my brain that goes like, Charles Fleischer's voice is just, I think it's more Charles Fleischer than it is the character Roger Rabbit. There's something about his voice that, and he did an excellent job, of course. He's, it's iconic, blah, blah, blah. It just feels to me, it's like, I don't know, I I've been on this big kick of like watch now that all these Looney Tunes cartoons are on HBO Max. Just kind of going back to them. Speaking of rabbit season, duck season, and Mel Blanc is just the master. You know what I mean? Mm. He's just he's just unbelievable. And uh, there's something about like Charles Fleischer's Roger Rabbit. That's just there's something about it that 
does annoy. It does. Okay, I'm going to say it. It does annoy the shit out of me. And there's something. There's something in it that I think is just like. I think it's just maybe the um, the added. Oh, what is it? What is it that's annoying it's, about it? It's screechy. It's grating and yeah. shrill. It's kind of whiny. Yeah. It's kind of whiny. Oh, it's very whiny. Very uh, spastic. Yeah. There's something in it for sure. Where I do love the movie, but there's always a there's a moment I will always have when I watch it. I'm like, I wonder what would it be like if somebody else voiced Roger Rabbit. You know what I mean? It was a different actor that did it. So I kind of wonder. I was thinking about this today because it's the first time we've seen Roger in a while and especially his like hectic, you know, this energy that he brings. And I, I can't help but wonder if it wasn't intentional. And even if it wasn't intentional, I do think that it, it's, um, it has a point, right? Like, like there's a reason it, it serves a purpose. And I, I think ultimately like this movie is about Eddie. It's not really about anyone else. It's about mm-hmm. Eddie and his emotional journey. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Roger is the sort of peak tune, right? Like he is like, he is everything that you would hate about a tune. Yeah. yeah, And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so like, I, I wonder if that isn't on purpose yeah, a little yeah. bit. And I, maybe, you know, a lot of these questions would just be answered if I had ever read the book, but <laughs> <laughs> Well, books, books, very, uh, very different Eddie and very different Roger in the book. (laughs) Well, actually, this takes us perfectly to uh, everyone's favorite segment of the show. Of course, I am talking about Hypothetical Thursday. Hypothetical Thursday, join in on the fun. Hypothetical Thursday is when I pose a hypothetical question and listeners, you can answer that question on our Facebook group who analyzed Roger Rabbit listeners. Um, so the question I'll pose this week is, uh, this is the first time we really get them together in this format, Eddie and Roger, and they just have this great comedy duo presence um, with Eddie being the straight man. But my question this week is, what, what other actor would you love to play the straight man against Roger? I'll go first since I've uh, had time to think about this one. And uh my answer would be Joe Pesci. Oh, that's the name I just thought of. I thought of Joe Pesci. Yeah, I can't, I can't think of anyone better to have like this great reaction to everything Roger does. I think, I think that would just be gold. Are they, love. Is the movie the same? Is the plot the same? Is it Eddie or is it just like, is it a different, do we get to Not necessarily, the... no. It could be completely okay. different. It can be a different movie. Just someone to, to share okay. the screen with Roger. I guess I just thought of, and I'm thinking of the time too, I guess. I'm thinking of like a, a Danny Glover mm. in 1988. Yeah. A put out frustrated Danny Glover. Yeah. I want to see, I want to see like a Kate Blanchett. Mm. You know, mm. I just want to get weird. Maybe like a Tilda Swinton. I want it to get weird. Mm. You know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I also, we got to think of somebody physical too, right? It's going to be yeah. somebody with some physical chops. So, you know, you, I think I should go to his Robin Williams, but I feel like he's in everything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he might be too similar to Roger. I mean, they would be yeah. great. Uh, they would be a great peas in a pod sort of thing. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Physical. 
Yeah, I don't know. That's a hard one. I, I mean, I think it could be good with a lot of people and there's two ways to play it, right? Like there's the people who are the really fantastic actors who could do something with it and, you know, embody something other than themselves. And mm-hmm. then there's people who were like their natural personality and that's the only character that they play would mm-hmm. just be funny having to deal with that. Yeah. Like um, Vin Diesel. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know? <laughs> or, or maybe like The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Tom I kind Hanks. of feel like they have similar energy too, though. Yeah. Honestly, the Rock yeah, and Roger Rabbit. There's enough contrast there. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe in the maybe in the reboot, The Rock is the one that can voice Roger Rabbit. I, I want to see a reboot. I mean, this is this is what would happen if they made it today. It would just be Kevin Hart and The Rock. That's true. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. If Chris Pratt's, Pratt's busy, it's them. <laughs> yeah, who else? It's a good question. It's a good question. Yeah, my my only other thoughts was like something like Charles Grodin, but only I just think of like him playing opposite of uh, De Niro in um, Midnight Run. Yeah, yeah. I always call it the wrong one. Whatever Midnight Express and Midnight Run. I, mm-hmm. Whenever I'm thinking of one, I call it mm-hmm. the other one mm-hmm. every time. That's a good one. That's a good one. Wanda Sykes would be fun to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that would actually be great. Yeah. Ooh, just- I I would like to see Nicole Byer. Mm-hmm. Also, because just like, what are you crazy? You know, <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could see Larry David. Uh, oh, that's a good one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everyone's favorite curmudgeon. Mm. Just somebody. You just. I'm just trying to picture somebody just yelling at, or just really yelling and tearing into Roger. Or yeah, Christian Bale. It's <laughs> 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 scary. It's <laughs> darker. <laughs> Like a too real. darker version, yeah. <laughs> Christian Bale scaring the entire audience. Like, oh my god, uh, this is not a kids' movie, guys. Yeah, <laughs> definitely not a kids' movie at that point. Yeah. Wow. All right. All right. Well, listeners, we would love to hear your takes. Who would you love to see Roger Rabbit play against? Again, come to our Facebook group. Who analyzed Roger Rabbit, listeners? Hypothetical Thursday. Join it on the fun. Any last thoughts about this particular minute? Uh, well, my MVP for the minute, um, and this was a hard one because it, it, it's, it's like action packed, but not in any, there's no like pinpoint moment, right? Like it's just a lot of stuff happening. None of it is particularly critical to anything. Um, is just, I just, and we haven't done this before, and I don't know enough about uh, movie making to know who to attribute this to, but it, you know, if it's the writers and the, uh, you know, and Zemeckis and everybody, um, just the, the little story details, right. Like that we've been talking about, because I just think these three minutes in particular kind of highlight, uh, they're just a really good example of, those like heisty qualities the you know the clever details the all the stuff that kind of fits very neatly into this puzzle it's just all so clever and so it's probably one my most abstract um mvp yet but i it deserves a shout out so you mean the filmmakers is what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> great no, mvp not them <laughs> <laughs> anybody but them yeah uh no yeah exactly i mean like everybody you know feels like i should have saved that for later in the movie but here we are so that is it for today 
We are a Dueling Genre production. You can check out all of Dueling Genre's podcasts by going to DuelingGenre.com. Click on the link to support. Thank you for joining us, Jason. Where can people find you at? Find me on our website, JasonShots.com. Highly recommended. Mm-hmm. You're making me really want to go to this website. I've never yeah, been there before, and now I'm excited. There's nothing on it. Nothing on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a site under it? construction. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and thank you for listening this week. We will see you on Friday when we're back with Minute 39 of Who Analyzed Roger Rabbit.